Isn't that just a beautiful diamond? Isn't it just glorious? Right, Bob? Glorious diamond up there. Pretty good representation of you and me, isn't it, as diamonds? Yeah. It's a good representation of, like, all of us, honestly. You're like, well, Pastor Mark, that, that looks like a piece of coal. Well, yeah. You can't see the diamond in it, can you? You can't see the diamond yet, can you? As you start to clear it off, maybe you can begin to see the, the shape or the colors. You know, you start to say, yeah, I can see that's a diamond. That's wonderful, but it's kind of rough and ragged and yeah, kind of rough around the edges. Not a very pretty diamond. It's a huge diamond, but it's not very pretty yet. We want to look like that. That's what we're trying to look like, aren't we? St. John said that what we will be has not yet appeared. But when he appears, Jesus, we shall see him as he is, and we shall be like him. Right now on earth, a lot of us look like this. And we tend to look at ourselves and think, I am no saint. I'm not even sure I'm good enough to get to heaven. I don't even know if there's that stuff in me. Others of us are going, I've been washed, I've been cleaned, and I'm working, I'm trying to saw away the edges, smooth the edges, and I'm trying, I just, I don't feel like I'm ever going to get there. When a diamond cutter gets something like this or like this, they already see this image in it, don't they? They know how to start cutting it just right, how to get, they know exactly what to do. The diamond, does it cut itself? The diamond, does it come out of the ground like that? The diamond, does it make itself like that? Absolutely not. But is it in there the whole time? Absolutely. It just takes the master craftsman to pull it out, to get to it. All of you are saints. You're thinking, ah, maybe Mother Teresa, not me. Maybe so-and-so, not me. Or, yeah, I am, but not my neighbor. <laughs> We like to look at it both ways sometimes. You're all saints. You've, you're baptized into Christ. You're a child of God. You heard His Word. You've been made pure. You read the Beatitudes and you're like, well, that's something for me. That's the attitude I got to be. And we try and strive to be more meek and you know, more pure and more this and more that, but you can never make yourself into the diamond. When Jesus was up on the mountain, beginning the Sermon on the Mount, beginning His ministry, and he's giving us the Beatitudes, all these blessings. It's the doorway for all of us to enter in. And who is that door? Jesus himself. Blessed are the poor in spirits. As you hear God's word and you realize what you ought to be, but what you are not, you're poor in spirits. Blessed are those who mourn. You begin to realize you're not who you're supposed to be. You're a poor, miserable sinner. And you can't ever seem to do it perfectly. You're poor in spirit. You mourn the loss. But God says what? Blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's a gift given to you. The Beatitudes are not something that we have to strive for. It's something given to us through God's word. Without God's Word, we don't realize we're poor in spirit. Without God's Word, we don't mourn our sinful nature. Without God's Word, we don't hunger and thirst for that righteousness. And Jesus in the flesh, God's Word made flesh, came and proclaimed it to us. He opened the doorway for us. 
And he said, this is how you get there. And how do we get there? How do we get to be this beautiful, wonderful saint, this diamond? It's so simple. And yet, I've been talking about it for the last few weeks, and yet we still don't always hear it. God makes us His. God takes us in, proclaims the Word, the Spirit cleans us off, molds us in to what we will become. You and I don't yet see it, but by eyes of faith, we know it. You and I don't yet see it. We're, we're still seeing our sinful, miserable actions. We're still seeing our struggles in this world, and we're still wondering how could we ever attain to that. But God says, I've already made you that. When I pulled you up out of the ground, so to speak, when I reached out to you with my word and I brought you into my church, I made you that. I gave you that gift. I made you a saint. I washed away your sins. Notice in Revelation, who are all those around the throne? People in white robes with palm branches, victory, crying out with a loud voice. Who were they? They said, they're the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Christ that washes away all of our sin. And so in Revelation chapter 7, St. John is given a vision of the church militant. Those were all the 12,000, 12,000, 12,000. You take the 12,000, where do you, what does that mean? 144,000 means so many are confused. 12 Old Testament tribes. 12 New Testament apostles, 12 times 12 is 144. In the book of Revelation, in prophecy, 1,000 means completeness. It's 10 times 10 times 10. 10 to the third power, you know. That's 1,000. And so it's all of God's people from the Old Testament time, the 12 tribes, all of God's people from the New Testament time following the apostles, joined together and in the full number. So it's not a literal 144,000. It just means all of God's people. 144,000 are sealed, 144,000 on the earth. All of God's people are sealed by Him for that day. Sealed for God. You have been sealed in baptism. You're being reminded of that again this morning. When we talk about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we make the sign of the cross upon us, we can remember that in our baptism, the pastor made the sign of the cross upon our foreheads and upon our breast. So as kids come forward and I bless them with the Lord's Supper, it's the sign of the cross on their forehead and over their heart to remind them that they have been sealed in baptism. They have been sealed as a part of God's kingdom. They have nothing to worry about because God looks at them now as he looks at all of us as his beloved children, as saints. And on these mornings where we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we gather around the throne. We gather with all those who are in heaven. All those, he's, he said, he turned, after he saw all the saints on earth being sealed, he turned and saw a great multitude that nobody could number. All those in heaven, the whole multitude of God's people, all together, all tribes, Nations, peoples, all languages around the throne, clothed in white robes, white by the blood of the Lamb that's washed away their sin. He sees everybody. He saw you and me. Now, I'm not saying that he saw my face specifically, but in that great crowd, he saw 
all of God's people. He was given a glimpse of what is to come for us, the ones coming out of the great tribulation. And this morning, we get to join with them, gathering around the throne, receiving the blood of Christ that washes away all of our sins, that makes our robes white once again. This is the joy of All Saints Day, knowing that we're gathered not just with those that we see, but with all those we still see. That's the joy of church. The joy of loved ones, that names that I'll read off here shortly, knowing that they may not be seen anymore, but they're still here with us. What joy God gives. May you celebrate on this All Saints Day, gathering together with loved ones who have died in the faith, gathering together with those here that we gather and support and encourage until we join that great church triumphant, gathering with all the hosts of heaven as saints of God. We give thanks to Jesus that he has done that work for us, in us, and through us. And in his name we give all thanks and praise. Amen.